I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And a happy Sunday fun day to everybody out there. January decided to show up. Yes. At the end of the month there. there I knew we it would. Anybody who thought, oh, this was a mild winter. I know, like, you are dumb. I'm like, have you been in have Chicago? Have you lived in Chicago yeah. at all? Ever. 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 Well, there. Well, hello. <laughs> hello. And, and, and how do you do out there? Welcome to Out Chicago. Ellen Miller is off this week, uh, but that means that we get to spend time most importantly, I get to bask in the in the glow and the intellect, the beauty, the joy that is Tanya Burchard. Hello, everyone. Hello. I aspire to be the way that you introduce me. You really well, true. there you go. Well, you you live up to that because <laughs> I you. do it. I do a disservice. I don't even go into how lovely you smell. Oh, you know, there we are. There we are. Tanya Burchard, of course, is the the host of the podcast Tanya's Take: Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race, and professional. Guest celebrity co-host about yes, Chicago, I along know. with me, Scott Duff. Hello, welcome. How are you? Oh, you're welcoming me. Yeah, I'm welcoming oh. you and everybody else out there too. Ah, <laughs> um, I'm I'm great. Speaking of basking in the glow, um, I'm coming off of my daughter's opening night last night. That's right. Wait, hold on. I, let me tease the show. And then yes, we'll, do and then we'll get that. into yes. all that. That was a nice little teaser. You are glowing, yeah. though. Oh, thank you. Proud mama. Thank you. Proud mama here. And, you know, we're going to be we're gonna be proud people here. It's a day of fun and special guests. Look, the one and only Patty Vasquez, host of Driving at Home with Patty Vasquez. I can't wait to see her. I know. She's going to be stopping by the studio to give us the full recap of the WCPT mayoral forum that happened this Thursday. Get the inside poop. Mm. I know she's already been over it on her show. Mm. But I'm like, come on. Come on to my show. That's good. And we'll talk about it. That's important information. It is very important information. Jeez. I mean, a three-hour extravaganza that was. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of three-hour extravaganzas, yes. oh, <laughs> Chicago Shakespeare Theater's World Stage Series returns with groundbreaking theater uh, maker Emma Rice's exuberant reimagining of Emily Bronte's gothic masterpiece, Wuthering Heights. We are going to be speaking with one of the incredible actors in this. The ensemble, this show, made me tired. It made me tired. Really? They... They were incredible. Like it was, it's a beautiful performance, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of stuff going on. We're speaking with actor uh, Georgia Bruce. Uh, they play uh, Isabella Linton and Little Linton. For all of you Bronte fans out there who knows exactly who I'm talking about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. others might not know. Uh, but it, it, you know, it kind of reminded me. This is going to sound like a weird comparison. It kind of reminded me of the first act of Jersey Boys. <laughs> Okay. Have you ever seen Jersey I've Boys? I've never seen it. It's, you know, people write off jukebox musicals. They're popular because they're super duper fun. Sure. Those kids in that show, they never stop moving. Right. That is the same thing yeah. in this show. Like, people are all, they're moving and doing and la la la. It's so, it's, wow. it's a fun and it's kind of wonderful to have a show like Wuthering Heights uh, by the Weiss children, uh, at Chicago Shakespeare in a town that has a rich history of adapting literature yeah. for the stage. Yeah. So it was kind of like, I'm like, oh, I, it felt kind of like old home week. So I'm so sure. excited to speak with with Georgia Bruce. They ran away with the show. Really? I'm just saying. 
Yeah. Okay, you're whispering, but you're on mics. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay right. All right. Well, you know, any hoozles. Uh, and then just to make things good and campy, because I think we need a little camp. It, it's been a rough week and everything. The Auditorium Theater is proud to present Le Ballet Trocadero de Monte Carlo, the world's leading all-male ballet company known by their fans as the Trucks, in a one-night-only performance on Saturday, February 11th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, we're going to be speaking with artistic director Tori Dorbin uh, later on in the show as well. Excellent. Dudes on point. Right? Like, literally and figuratively. You see what I did there? I see. Mm. <laughs> that was good. That I'm was good. Sorry. Clearly, yeah. you've been watching Drag Race because... <laughs> Your your portmanteaus are are, are definitely like, mm, all right, oh we're going. God. We're doing it now. We're doing it now. Uh, and, of course, we would love to hear from you. So give us a call at 773-763-9278. That number again is 773-763-9278. Of course, you can find us on Facebook where we are coming at you alive. Just head on over to Out Chicago Radio. And while you're there, give us a click and a like and a follow and a share and all that good stuff. Uh, but if that doesn't float your boat, you can always tune in on WCPT 820. And while you're at it, why not follow WCPT on all social media at WCPT 820 on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the TikToks. And why not also follow our sister station, uh, the Heartland Signal? Yeah. yeah. So there we go. Tanya. Yeah. Proud mama. Oh, my Proud goodness. mama. Following in the footsteps yeah. of one of Chicago's hardest working actors. <laughs> You know, it's so wild because for years, so my oldest daughter, my, well, my oldest daughter is 25, my beautiful stepdaughter, um, and uh, Audra, who goes by Odeid, um, is 15, and for years and years and years, um, she didn't really show an interest in performing, which I was fine with. She took yeah, some great. improv stuff, but I was like, Godspeed, and um then around high school, she started getting into it, and so she was in a production, a student written, directed, choreographed, orchestrated production that was so good and I just it was it's just so delightful seeing her. What on was stage. what was the show about? So it's called Till Death Do Us Part. It's about a brother and sister whose mom is getting married to who they think is a creep. Okay. And I don't want to spoil No spoilers. What I know, of course, of course. But like this was like all original music and lyrics. It's wild. Now they've been working on it since May. Right. Oh, because since then, last year, last year, Wowza. but they okay. only meet once a week. And, um, you know, I just have to say, like, of course, my eyes are totally focused on her when she's on stage and she's just like so beautiful. And it just made my heart sing. And she was so sweet and good. And, you know, I see her improving with each performance. Uh -huh. So like her diction was so good and her projecting. And I mean, she just was great. And all the kids were great. I How big was the cast? Was it one of those, like, a, a cast no. of thousands? No, because since it wasn't a high school production, right, so they could be a little bit more efficient, like, as opposed to having to, like, cast right. everyone. Oh, girl. I know you know. Mm. So um, I think, gosh, I feel like it was maybe 10 or 15 kids, maybe. Okay, that's yeah. a good number yeah. to have, you know, a nice little ensemble so piece. And so hard, and it, yeah. they just did such a great job. So that was our, our evening. We had an opening night. That's did you bring flowers and We have a tradition where every opening night I bring her a new um stuffed animal and then often because she doesn't like to get flowers because she's like um by the way they die. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I know. You can 
you can do the whole hang them upside down, which yeah, uh, Lord knows I did in the nineties. I did too, but Come no, on. she made it really clear. She's like, um, I don't really think I want flowers, so I give her little like. Um, gift bags and it always has a, a stuffed animal in it and then like a beanie baby no like a like a sometimes it's a bear yesterday it was a dog with a rose in its mouth oh so there was a flower snuck see in there see. yep 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 yep. Mm-hmm. and then sometimes the stuffed animal makes it on stage when they did joseph the stuffed animal made it on stage uh, in a scene if i was the director you would be enraged i would be enraged <laughs> I think they had permission. I okay. Well, that's good because <laughs> as as a former high school theater teacher, <laughs> I would put the fear of God oh in all God. of them, nope. especially on that last show because everyone's like, "Oh, oh it's the last around. show. We're gonna have a." Go-. I'm like, "No, no." In college, a girl on the crew thought it would be funny if she showed up in a crowd scene with this like big like scarf around her body, and um, she failed practicum because <sighs> they were like, "Heck." No. Of course not. That is not in the vision. No. I have a very big vision for my Midsummer Night's Dream that yes. is presented at Athens High School yes. in the form of Glee. You do not. Yeah, it was really good. Ooh. Do you have a videotape of that? Do you, I, probably somewhere. That's somewhere, I'm probably, sure I do. That sounds pretty brilliant. It was good. It was good. We had like Lysander was... Um, uh, he's the bad boy. So he was a bad boy. Demetrius was like a nerd. Helena was uh, a cheerleader. Uh, no, Helena was uh, basically uh, Leah Michelle in Glee, like the nerdy oh, yeah. girl. Yeah. Uh, and Hermia, the short one, she was the cheerleader. She was the popular girl. Um, all nice. the fairies were club kids. Uh, 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 Titania was... Um, Florence from Florence and the Machine, specifically from the Dog Days Are Over video. So she had this big red wig on and this white flowing thing. I have to say, high school theater directors are doing God's work. It is. We do. It is so hard what they do. And they do amazing stuff. You know, that. thank you for that. And I want to give a shout out to all the theater teachers out there. Heck you yes. Know, I had one great moment of, you know, vindication. Yeah. Uh, one of the administrators who, at my school, who was also the baseball coach, uh, he was like, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, like, we go and we practice every day. We do and we practice. And, like, we have all of these games. Yeah. But you go and you practice every day and you have to do three times. I'm yeah. like, yes, we do. Yes. And not only do we do that, we have to uh, – Create the the baseball diamond. We have to create. Yeah. We have to make the playing field. Right. We have to create the rules and of, reinvent every time reinvent the rules, and we've got to create the uniforms. Yeah. You know, we've got to do everything, and and we only do it for three times. And they're like, oh, oh, nice, yeah. Oh, I'm like, there you go. Right. Give me a raise. Right. Which is now why I'm in radio. So there we go. <laughs> but um. yeah, there's something so wonderful though about about uh. For young people to be a part of something like that, yeah. you know, just to to understand what it is to be a part of an ensemble, especially Absolutely. with like a, a new work yes. that was created by their peers. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it! You know, it's just so amazing. Yeah, it really was, and everybody just sitting in the audience, you, you, you're just enjoying it for what it is, and then you're like, and wait a second, what? Like literally, they all these like little group of people, I think two or three of them, wrote it and themselves. You can't even believe it, really. Yeah, like. When you think about it, I'm like, I don't remember when we were that age. I was so for, focused on performing. You know, we just, we didn't exercise all those other aspects. Right. 
And these kids are doing it all the time. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with social media, I think a little bit, in terms of people being like content creators, yes. you know, like creating things, yeah. a lot of stuff stuff that goes viral tend to be right. like little sketches. Yeah. So yeah. people are thinking. Which is good because we know as performers, professional performers and such, it's good to be multi-hyphenate, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you were like a proud. I really was. Proud mama. I really was. Congratulations, we Audra. We all were. We were all smiling ear to ear. There we are. Did they get? Did they have a cast party last night? Not last night. They're exhausted. So of course. They all went home. They, they all went to Steak and Shake, and, and uh, Odeed was like, I am coming home. I am tired. Hold up. What? Where's the Steak and Shake? Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Where? You're kidding me. You I'm, don't... It's no. in Skokie. Okay. There's one in Skokie. I need to go to St- I need to go to Skokie. Ah, it's a high school tradition. Oh, okay. There we go. All right. <laughs> I'm taking a trip to Skokie. Let me tell you, if you have not lived until you've had a berry, berry, strawberry All right. shake. Ooh, their shakes the are shake? their shakes are so good. Okay. And the shake part. Okay. And the in shake. <laughs> what? You know, the steak and shake. Oh, sure. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> they're good, and their French fries are so thin. Mm-hmm. Teeny tiny French fries. Okay, maybe, we, maybe we can go together. One, <laughs> I'll go with your daughter. Yeah, right? There you go. It'll be fine. Aww. We'll have our own little cast party. She'll be like, uh. <laughs> Who is this man? <laughs> maybe why this is man my is why, making me do Why this? is this man so very, very excited about this shake? <laughs> uh, it's like, look, simple pleasures, Audra. <laughs> You come to me when you hit 50. Tell me what you think find enjoying. Like, what's, what is enjoyable? To, like, this weekend, I, I huggered like nobody's business. You did what? I huggered. What the heck is that? Girl, you, clearly you don't live in Andersonville, I the don't. Swedish land. Okay. Oh, Huga yeah. is a Swedish word and concept about uh, embracing all things cozy. When, oh, yeah, like it. right, yeah. right. That's the way I get through winter. That's it's uh, the way I get through these winter months because January decided to show up. You know, they yeah. were late for their call, right? But you know, we thought we were gonna have an understudy with March. <laughs> March did a fine job, and then January showed up to fulfill its its contractual obligations, and is now it's very cold, yeah, and gray and snowy, yes. but yeah. it's so pretty out. So. It's all about, for me, surviving a Chicago winter is changing your mindset about winter as opposed to, oh, I don't get to. It's more like, okay, so we know the sun's not going to shine. So you need to have candles in your home uh, or keep your 12 foot white. Gay ass Christmas tree up Is until March. Up? Oh, it's gonna stay up until March. Beautiful. Yeah, it it always does. But it's like it, the the glow makes me happy. I have a fire in the fireplace. I you know I've been making soup. Ah. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where like you just kind of like take pleasure in finding comfort like within your within your your home. So yeah. you know, so it's like. How the, is, does the mindset change also happen with how you approach being outside, though? Yeah, okay. I mean, you, you, it's it's kind of like, look, you know, it's cold. Yeah, right. 
you're going to be cold. Yeah. So wear a gigantic sweater. Right. Scott had a, a hard time getting out of the car today. You watched me getting out of the car. This coat is. It was, this coat is gigantic too. <laughs> but it was this weird sort of like like a turtle on its back trying to roll out of the car. Because my car's also a little low to the ground there too. There sounds involved. Oh, but the, the, the old man sounds that have well, been coming exactly. out of this body are just so like, I can't tell you. I'm uh, I'm about ready to just like. Oh my gosh, someone shoot me with the whole little when it's the standing up. Oh, I'm like, what is happening over here? It's a good vocal exercise. It is a great vocal That's exercise. My mind shift, I sure. just say. I'm also voc- warming up. I'm the ha, my instrument. My instrument. Take a shake is in Evanston. I've, I, I've misdirected you. It's in Evanston. Oh, good, because I would have been driving all around Skokie. Just around. like, where the hell is this Where where's my berry berry <laughs> strawberry shake their patty metal's also killer by the way just yeah. yeah i'm not a like berry shake kind of gal you will be really mm-hmm. right. have you gone up in the summer since you you're in evanston have you gone up to wilmette to um homer's ice cream to get their peach ice cream in the summertime i don't know <gasps> i don't think we have or maybe we have i don't know but i never get peach i never get fruit ice cream that's crazy I don't I don't even know what's so crazy about it I don't know I mean ice cream is like sweet and And so is fruit like me I'm a sweet fruit I I'm sorry I'm going to get a berry berry no you're not you're lying to me right now I can see you right here I can see you lying trying to placate me uh huh. Mm-hmm. But oh, but also this week, along with I don't know what I'm talking about. Look, I went to go see Chicago Opera, uh, their production of Albert Herring. Girl. Yeah. Look. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I, I like I have to work myself up. Right. To go see an opera, which is you know, challenge. It, it sounds challenging. They were on the show last week. The director. Oh. The director. Oh, my gosh. The direction of the show was so good. Really? Yeah, it was g- fabulous. Um, and it was genuinely funny. Like, here's the thing. I, with opera, like, it's hard. I live with my, my fiancé. He he works in opera. He's right. a librettist, and he right. writes the words to opera. And so I'm always like, okay, there we go. And I always, like, I always drag my heels. I, yeah. And yet, every time I get there, I'm like, oh, how delightful. Really? Oh, yeah. It's it's great. You know, it's like I'm watching people do things that I could never do. Yeah, right. You know, that's always incredible to me. And there, it's like here is a single voice, unamplified, singing with a full orchestra. What do you mean unamplified? There's no microphones. What? Really? Yeah. Uh, that's wild. That's yeah. unusual. Nope. Not with opera. Like even at the lyric, yeah, mic. Yeah, no, the lyric they are not mic. They like there might be area mics around, but the performers are not mic. Oh, that is, I didn't know. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang. Like it's it's pretty amazing. This was just delightful. Albert Herring. It dealt with like gender roles, and uh, they framed it. it. The whole thing looked like a Wes Anderson mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like very Moonlight Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and you could just see like Ed Norton and Tilda. Everybody either looked like Ed Norton or Tilda yes. Swinton. You know, the design was gorgeous. Yeah. It was fun. There were genuinely funny moments that, you know, you don't go to the opera to be like, ho, ho, ho. Right. This was funny. And where, 
was this? Where is this it? was at the Athenaeum. They, oh, it was. Okay. Yeah, they, uh, Chicago Opera Theater. They're celebrating their 50th year. They kind of, they're itinerant, I believe. They kind of go between the um, Harris Theater uh, mm-hmm. downtown and the Studebaker Theater, also downtown, which is in the Fine Arts Building right on Michigan Avenue. Oh, Okay. Yeah, yeah, and then the the Athenaeum, they they came back there, and this was it was just lovely, and you know uh, we we spoke with Steven Spazito last last week, who's the director. Nice. So lovely and so wonderful, and then of course last night I went to go see Wuthering Heights, yeah. which I cannot wait to get into. Yeah. They had to stop the show. Drama. I know. I can't. I feel. Well, I'm gonna ask, but I'm not. I'm not gonna harp on it. Stopping the show if you're in the audience though is often very exciting. It's like, oh, they had to stop the show, and somebody makes a an announcement. I always find that kind of exciting. No, <laughs> a little bit. Well, it's also weird, like in these in these times, mm-hmm. you know, where you're like, okay, but it, like, I was okay. I've been also I've been watching um, The Last of Us on HBO, which is a zombie show yeah it's happening and i was like this is like we're, we have to stop the show like the stage because manager came out and i was like oh no it's the mushroom zombies <laughs> the mushroom zombies from the last of us are coming right to get us. right I have you seen see... these mushroom zombies i have not i'll show you a picture of these mushroom zombies i They're don't know scary. if i i mean i i do understand yes in this day and age anytime anything is it like, happens geez. you're like what is going on you know and i was in a show many many moons ago song of jacob zulu at steppenwolf theater mm-hmm. with lady split mm-hmm. and our lead actress was was late one day, so uh, Lady Smith Black Mombazo went out and did an impromptu concert. It was so great. So that that's that's my sort of association with like. Okay, that's we had to hold. That's the show great or... for me. I'm more like, what happened? <laughs> Who has a limb that is now like hanging off their body? Like, what is going on? Well, what sure, happened? Sure. Yeah. You know, they're moving around a lot. Like I said, they just kept moving and moving and so moving. So it was in twenty show. minutes. Stop, and then a 20 they just and then they right picked right back up, up and, and this, all the same cast, so nobody. Nobody changed. There was no like special guest stars mm-hmm, that happened, mm-hmm. but there, yeah, I, I can't wait to talk to Georgia about this because there's this one actor who they literally stopped while uh, he was having to talk about his his wife dying in childbirth. Whoa! And they picked up right there, and I'm like, wow, that's hard. Like, ouch, oof. Ow. Ooh, Ooh, yeah. That was a trooper. Yeah. He was great. Really great. Awesome. I know. Anyway, look, we need to, <laughs> we're talking about happy things right now. We're going to come, we got to take a break and then we're going to talk about some challenging things because we need to talk about challenging things. Yeah. Um, particularly like what's policing. Yeah. Let's just say it. Policing. Yeah. What's going on? Yes. It's, we're shaking our heads. Yeah. But um, before we do that, we need to take a break, but this part about Chicago is brought to you by Team Hochberg. If you are selling your home or purchasing a new home or would like to save thousands of dollars, you need to call Team Hochberg, your trusted local lender. Team Hochberg is offering everyone their Perks at Work benefit through the end of April, which can save you thousands of dollars the next time you buy or sell a home. Here's how it works. You want to know how it works, Tanya? I do. Here's how it works. When a Team Hochberg affiliated realtor sells your home, they'll reduce their fee up to 1%. Now, when a Team Hochberg affiliated realtor helps you purchase a home, you will receive up to 1% of their commission as a closing cost credit. Sounds pretty good, right? Mm -hmm. Team Hochberg will credit their loan origination fee and their affiliated attorney will reduce his fee. So a couple saved close to nine grand using perks at work when they sold their home and purchased a new home. So to learn how you can save 
thousands of dollars the next time you buy or sell a home, uh, give Team Hochberg a call at 855-56-DAVID or visit 56david.com. That's 855-563-2843 or 56david.com. Lower.com, equalizing lender, NMLS 1124061. We are going to take a quick break, uh, and when we come back, we're, we're going to try to have a an engaging, thoughtful conversation um, about the horrible things that are happening in Memphis. Yeah. And across the country. Yeah. Yeah. So um, please stick around. You're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. Welcome back. I'm writer and activist Stacey Anchin. You are listening to Out Chicago on WCPT 820. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Tanya Richard. It's me. Tanya is filling in. Ellen is off on her, her blues cruise. Oh, my gosh. I know. I'm telling you. She needs these things yeah. to, to refill the well. They, they That's are very well punishing for her. That's awesome. Yeah, of course. And that means that we get to spend time with the yes. amazingly talented Tanya Richard, host of the podcast Race, Tanya, uh, Tanya's Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race. Yes. <laughs> I always screw up that I name. I have the most amazing day. guest for February. I mean, amazing. Oh, yes. It's me. It's Scott. It's me. I'm I'm freaking awesome. <laughs> I'm so We fun. talk all things drag race. We'll talk more about it later. We'll talk yes. about that later. Yeah, but we do talk about but like but here's one of the things that you know that I love about this about your podcast is the fact that it is addressing issues that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like we've got to we 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 must we have to talk about it. otherwise we won't get out of this as you were we were talking about it before cycle. the show about the weird cycle yeah. that happens yeah. um so of course uh you know this week well the murder of Tyree Nichols at the hands of five police officers in Memphis Tennessee really shook the country um to get another black man killed due to driving while black mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that crime and then of course the um they they released the video yeah of of the attack um i know i have not watched it i have not watched it right and you know i called you on friday i was like okay so this is happening yeah, yeah. um and i understand if you don't want to talk about it yeah yeah so <clears throat> you know scott did call and and I really appreciated that. And at the time, I was like, no, we can talk about it. There's stuff to be said. And as the weekend progressed, I, I really I've been in conflict about how to, you know, um, talk about it or address it or acknowledge it other than trying to honor this young man yeah. who was senselessly killed. Um, what I had I, I was trying to sort of formulate this this sort of um thought process which to me sometimes feels as if because when these things get caught on video and go viral it becomes <clears throat> a part of a cycle right so that like it isn't as if these types of events don't happen all the time but when one gets into the uh, viral cycle mm-hmm. then everybody wants to have a conversation about it but what's inevitable is that that conversation will ebb yeah. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> people will not give it the focus that it deserves. And so for me, 
I wasn't as interested in necessarily like immediately posting thoughts on social media or being part of that sort of um, conversation online as much as like really trying to sit myself and think about like, where am I in terms of abolition, defunding the police? What is the action plan rather than just waiting for the next cycle where something gets caught on video? What are we doing in between these cycles in order to eventually end the cycle? Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, it's, uh, I'm kind of at a loss for words, you know, in terms of like, what what do we do? And what are the action steps? The the thing that I think has been uh, unique about this horrible, (laughs) well, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm I'm trying to, to, be polite about this whole thing. This is a horrible, horrible, awful thing that has happened once again. Uh, and it was caught on tape once again. And we, the way that the Memphis Police Department, the way that they've been handling it has been so different than the way it's been handled across the country, it, just in terms of with the timeline that things have happened because he mm. was murdered in uh, early January. Mm-hmm. Within three weeks, those five police officers were fired, charged for murder and uh, second degree murder and, and kidnapping. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you have the the police chief, uh, Sarah Davis, uh, has condemned their actions as a failing of basic humanity. Mm-hmm. Like you never, never see the the chief of police coming out against police officers like with Laquan McDonald that it took them 13 months to release the video footage well this is I want to just jump in real quick oh yeah please go one thing to clarify is rather than say it was caught on tape we need to emphasize that this was the 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 body cam footage was released um which is different right because um these body cams were supposed to be some sort of accountability and now they're becoming more a record of harm versus any kind of accountability but the other thing that is real uncomfortable to say that i will say and i have been uncomfortable with and it's a tough conversation because there's so many nuances to it i just think it is interesting that everything happens so efficiently and the cops are black yeah and yeah that's a lot of people want to use that to weaponize it and say it's black cops so like you know uh, um this isn't a part of a how do they put it basically by trying to say because it was black cops versus white cops then we don't have a problem right right because it's black on black right but that's ridiculous because the because we're talking about a system and there's a quote essentially that says there is no race to cops the rate the race for cops is cop Right. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter that they were black, but I do find it interesting how quickly things have been addressed because I they are black. Okay, I thought the same thing. Thank you for bringing that up because Uh, it's you know it's it's we're able to hold accountability suddenly suddenly, you know as like I said nobody's trying to hide anything suppress anything boom 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 Uh, the the you know chief of police is willing to say that it is you know uh, the quote that he said uh, could you repeat she, it uh, a failing she, basic uh, a, f- a failing of basic humanity yeah right yeah is that easier and i'm not please i am not in any way coming to defense of those police officers right. that is not my point right but it is of you cannot ignore that nuance yeah no that thank you that's what i it's so funny cuz when uh the charges are brought up. I'm like, well, that's fast. Yeah. 
And I'm like, why didn't, why hasn't that happened before? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, and, and because I was like, oh, because those cops were white yeah. is kind of was the, my first conclusion that That's I right. jumped to. That's right. Um, but regardless, it is good that things happened fast because that is how they should happen. But hey, how about this? How about it not happening at all? <laughs> yeah. How about that? You know? But yeah, it's, I mean, I keep sighing into the microphone. I'm just, <laughs> I apologize to people who think I have a slow leak. But <laughs> yeah. And then between, and then the whole, like, I understand issuing the, the video, like releasing the video. Yeah. <clears throat> and yet at the same time, it's like, do do we need to do we need to see it you know is there i mean we do need to, well i mean that's another conversation i yeah. what well, i think that clearly um the releasing of the footage for the people who need to see it in order to hold people accountable mm -hmm. is one factor making it publicly available is another conversation that i have my questions about and i know there are people who probably have um, responses, uh, sort of in a in from a more um, expert perspective in terms of why it's important for it to be available to the public, right? Yeah. Um, but I do know that um, a lot of people think that they might be doing good by sharing the video, and I just want to emphasize over and over and over again the harm that is um, perpetrated when people share the video and, um, you know, just sort of like display it for all to see with no warning of any kind, that you're not obligated to share the video. You are certainly, as a black person, not obligated to watch the video. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, that, like that, we were talking, like I was listening to, I, I got rid of cable, so I listened to all of, of my yeah. news, and I was listening to Antonia Hilton on MSNBC, uh, who covered it, was covering it for it, and I could just hear yeah. the exhaustion of like, yeah. again, this is happening again. Yeah. And Memphis is a police department that is supposedly gone and taken all of these, they were proactive in putting in all these policies, and it happened in Memphis. And and to just to hear her, like as a black reporter who was like, okay, this is my job. But you know, leading up to the release of of the video, she was like, yeah, I I I, I have I have to watch it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want I. You could just yeah the the whole notion of like, do we have to bear witness to this again? Well, and I, I don't know. I don't know. It's it, There's an actual term for it. It's a phenomenon called linked fate, where um, the PTSD that um, black people experience by watching these videos of black people being killed by the police. And it's like, it, it really is, the, it is advisable to protect your mind from that. You know, it is not sort of um, the only way you can show solidarity or bear witness to to sort of witness that type of violence. Yeah. Um, and you have to really consider if you are looking to share it, what your intention is. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Listen, uh, we, we need to take a break, but we're going to get to your calls. Uh, 
right after this break. A lot of people are, are on the line. So um, hold on. We are going to continue our conversation. Um, uh, I just I just messaged Patty Vasquez. I'm like, we're going to move you to this. Oh. We're going to move you to later on so we yep. can continue talking about this. Uh, we've got to take a quick break. Uh, we're talking about Tyree Nichols. We're talking about attacking black bodies. We're talking about the trauma of watching things, of th- these atrocities, the basic lacking basic hum- humanity. Uh, so please stick around. Uh, you're listening to Out Chicago right here on WCPT. I'm David Dodd with the Chicago Black Gay Men's Caucus. Welcome back to Out Chicago on WCPT 820. Welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Tanya Richard. Uh, she is filling in for Ellen Miller, who is off this week. Tanya is the host of the podcast, Tanya's Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race. Uh, we have been talking about um, the tragedy of uh, another murder of of driving while black, the murder of, of Tyree Nichols in Memphis, Tennessee, by the hands of five police officers. Now they are all ex-police officers charged with uh, second-degree murder. Um, and we're we're just trying to process, I guess, is what we're yeah. trying to do. Just maybe speak, give voice to some of the things and thoughts that people might be having themselves and um, sort of reminding people that um, whatever you're experiencing, it's like also take your time to process it. And um, if you don't want to talk about it, don't talk about yeah. it. You know, yeah. um, if you need to put a boundary up, put a boundary up. If you have questions you want answered and you are not of the marginalized group that it impacts the most, uh, don't lean on that marginalized group for do your, your research. Do, you, do, your, do, your, do your own work. Um, yeah. This is a very sensitive time, and it takes a lot of um, intentionality and sensitivity to move within it. Yeah. Yeah. And we were also talking earlier about the the social media cycle. Yeah, the cycle. That seems to just like... Really bothers me, actually. Because we should always be worried. <laughs> Well, I don't think we realize how we're contributing to the continuation of the systemic issue when we only we only jump on board when there's a public event to pair it with. And then we just we have to do our own reckoning and go, does this only matter to me when I know there's a video? Right. As opposed to the fact that does it matter to me all the time? Does it matter to yeah. me all the time? This is and what a part am of my, I doing about these it? are my values. What am I? Yeah, indeed. What are we doing? <sighs> uh, let's go to the phones. Thank you for holding on, everybody. Let's talk to Paul in Seattle. Paul, welcome. You're on at Chicago. Yes. Good morning. Uh, so I want to just talk about this concept of government justifying government hostility towards the citizenry. Now, if you remember, the right wing is always complaining about. Uh, government's hostility towards the citizenry. And matter of fact, if you recall, uh, Scott, that in the masterpiece cakes case that went before the Supreme Court from Colorado, uh, Anton Scalia wrote that the government, the state shall not show hostility. That's what he said, hostility, this law, mm-hmm. this equal, this uh, kind of a non-discrimination law, he said was hostility towards the uh, religious beliefs and practice of the citizenry. We hear the right wing talk about uh, that government is the only entity that can take your money, can legally and justifiably take your money at the point of a gun, that being your taxes. 
though I've never heard of anybody's taxes, back taxes or whatever being collected at the point of a gun by the police. That's what they opine about. Yet they don't complain or cite this. They always have some justification for the, the most hostile act of government, that being the police, of killing somebody yeah. where there is no there's no they have no charge, no infraction here. And the justification is is astounding. And I hear if you take the is it racially based? Well, the fact that at least some of these officers uh, I, apparently were black. As far I, I haven't seen the video, I've heard uh, I've heard it, but that doesn't matter. If people remember that it, during slavery, they the slaves were actually kept in line with what were called overseers. They were they were black slaves who were given favor by the white masters, and those were the ones who actually handed out most of the beatings who kept other slaves in line. But if you compare this to I just heard the, the Paul Pelosi case. Uh, the police allowed somebody who made a forced entry into the Pelosi home, allowed him to actually beat Paul Pelosi with a hammer before, and they didn't shoot him. Do you think if that guy would have taken one step towards the police with that hammer, they would have shot him dead? Yet they did not exercise their duty to protect because it was a white person. And this guy is nothing. He was skateboarding. He wants to go, what, he's 75 yards from his house. And they dole out a deadly beating as he's crying for his life. This was just George Floyd all over again. I'm shocked and I'm disgusted that we've been through George Floyd and this it was the same thing all over again. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Uh, Tanya, did you? Well, um <clears throat> it is, you know, it is perhaps not an unknown fact about the fact that there are black people who were involved in the oppression during the times of slavery. I don't want to sort of uh, give it full credence in the idea that, like, they were doling out most of the right. beatings. I, I'm a little uncomfortable with that unless we have much more basis for that. I think it's also important just to really think about this as not a partisan issue. This isn't just about Republicans. You know, we have Cop City in Atlanta. No, um, There's, like, no um, politicians who have come out um, against what's happening at, in Atlanta except Corey Bush, I believe, has come out to to sort of speak against what is happening. These issues, um, there's there's go- things going on that are problematic on both fronts. I think if we make this strictly about conservatives, we are sort of um, moving the 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 goalposts, and and that's that's really not as as um, useful a place to focus as much as how are we all responsible right. Yeah, right? yeah yeah because it's not an us versus them i mean it, as, it isn't e- at this as point. easily as we want to yeah. do that because that's how we d- uh, deal with everything these days yeah. it's, it is definitely us versus them um but you're right this is not this is a systemic thing this is like the culture of policing this is um yeah and conservatives you know, and liberals all are participants in the systemic issues. Yes, yes. You and we're know. all responsible. Yeah, we are. We are. So, yeah, I, I was... Also, I thought it was very weird, too, that the Paul Pelosi tape came out at the same time thing. And also, Yeah, I think that's... Yeah, anyway, very strange. Just talked about... Thanks for calling. Um, let's go to uh, Steve in Chicago. And... and, and Callers, if we could just kind of keep your thoughts short. We've got a lot of calls we're trying to get to about the end of the hour. So, Steve, thank you so much for calling today. Thank you. Um, I, and thanks for bringing up the issue of 
how the black cops were dealt with. Because I've been struggling with that the last couple of days. Is None of the mainstream media I've seen has made even the suggestion that, huh, if these were five white cops, would justice have come so quickly? Yeah. Um, and it, it makes me think that the, well, I know, racism is so ingrained in American culture that even black cops' first response is, that's a dangerous black man, beat him down, beat him down so much he can't get back up again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Steve. Yeah, it's, it, that was, um, it's, uh, last night when we had the unexpected intermission oh, yeah. in the show, the show, Jerry and I were talking and he's, he watched the video. I'm like, okay. And he decided to tell me, I'm like, well, st- I don't, I don't want to hear this. You know, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I kept, like, I, I don't want to hear this, but like, the way that they treated him was beyond inhumane. Like it's, and it also felt like this whole sense of toxic masculinity because there was a moment. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, I'm go, gonna go, yeah. yeah I, well, I don't, I, I think again, I think we can sort of blanket it by saying it, it there was a lack of humanity. And if we start to creep into the details about right, it, then, we might be just contributing to the true. cycle as well. Okay, like, thank you. My, my, <clears throat> my, uh, the hair started going All right, up. Cool, cool, like, cool. I don't They're want, great. I mean, I avoid hashtags. I was off social media yesterday. Like, when I say I don't want to see it or hear it, I mean it, Great. right? Yep. So, yep, done and done. <clears throat> yep. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, but uh, I think it is a big question. That was one of the first things that popped into both of our heads. We're like, okay, so this the actions of the Memphis police moved quickly. Um, would it have moved as quickly had these Well, I mean, officers... we have the answer to that, yeah. and the answer is no. no. Yeah. So, in other words, don't let's not treat this as some sort of like, you know— progressive move forward oh it's yeah all sort of still entrenched in our white supremacist culture yeah and we're kidding ourselves if we think this is a step forward yeah uh all right let's go back to the uh phones let's talk to jim in chicago uh good afternoon all i can think of is statistic people were right with sadistic people since the beginning of the time They're just all over the place and it comes in every ethnic group, every gender. I mean, you can cite examples of it constantly. The only problem with this is with the police, if you've got a sadistic person with authority, a la soldier like Kelly in Vietnam who kills 50 innocent civilians, women and children, and in Ukraine, I'm sure, when they get into authority, that's where the danger comes in because you have to advocate your freedom to let this individual get power over you. But in the meantime, if they're sadistic and they have uh, the worst intentions, murder being the worst, you're really you're extremely vulnerable. Yeah. It's really important, though. We cannot relegate this to these are sadists. Okay, these are people who are working within a system where they are getting paid to do exactly what they are trained to do. And so to try to kind of um, put them in sort of an extreme category, again, it undoes any efforts towards stopping this cycle. These men were not sadists. But I was beaten by police. Pardon? They were sadists. I was beaten by police. I had my hands cuffed behind my back and beaten by police. I've been beaten by police. And they were sadistic. There's no other definition for them. When I left that thing all lumped up, I knew that they were sadistic. 
So anyway, that's my point. That's all. You guys have a good afternoon. Well, thank you, Jim, for calling in. I think, yeah, again, I think it goes back to it goes back to the system of policing. It goes back to uh, what is allowed, what is tolerated, what is taught, and yeah. also who is let in to to these to these positions of power, to your point. And I certainly empathize with the caller and what they shared. I think that certainly if you are the recipient of any kind of violence, it makes complete sense that you would consider those folks status. My intention in saying that is that we cannot sort of do a sort of blanket um, categorizing of police in any way to say what it what it does in my mind is it separates folks from responsibility if we just say oh they're sadists which means that's like another thing we need to address versus this is a system that needs to be dismantled yeah indeed well yeah, of course, I'm, callers, I am so sorry we are uh, running <laughs> out of time uh, again um, this is a conversation that we will continue to have yeah uh, unfortunately, uh, hopefully we'll have these conversations without <laughs> these horrifying circumstances that well, are the happening. Well, they're the conversations that, like, exactly right. Yeah, they're, they're, these are the conversations that need to be going on all the, all time. the time. And that's why I love, that's why I'm so appreciative of your particular podcast, Tanya's yes. Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race, because these are the conversations that we have to have all the time so that we don't get to a Tyree Nichols, so we don't get to a George Floyd, so we don't get to and on and on and on and, and everything in between. Everything in between. Um, callers, again, thank you so much for, for hanging out there. If you want to give us a call near the end of the show, we'd love to hear from you again. But we got to take a break. And when we come back, it's the second hour about Chicago right here on WCPT. I'd like to welcome you to WCPT AM's Out Chicago. Think of us as Sunday brunch with your gay best friends. Now, please welcome your host, Scott Duff. And welcome back to the second hour of Out Chicago. Scott Duff here, uh, along with Tanya Richard. Hello, girl. Uh, hi. 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 <laughs> We're, we, we needed to decompress after the last last hour. We're just kind of breathing through. Devin is jumping in on the phone over here. Girl, the library is open. There are people being read for filth up in here. It's a defense mechanism. It is so fun now. Thank goodness other. we turned on each other. No, we're just like teasing the drag race talk we'll that's have right, later that's on. Right, that's right. Yes, the library's open because reading is what? Fundamental. Thank you so much for that. Oof. All right. Ooh, thank you for joining us this hour. Uh, a little bit later on, we're going to be speaking with WCPT's own Patty Vasquez, host of Driving at Home with Patty Vasquez. Uh, you know, this this past week, we had a little little debate with the mayoral candidates that WCPT hosted, and uh, Patty was one of the 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 uh, panel cool. the moderators. Moderators. And we're going to get all the maybe she'll read some people for phil the tea we're gonna get the we'll get tea. the tea look at us we're using all the all the gay I terms mean, the, it is just a grid of... it is just a grid of things <laughs> goodness we need to we need to wipe the slate clean mm -hmm. and have and talk about like things that are that give us life mm -hmm. art mm -hmm. gives us life i've never been more excited to speak with someone <laughs> i know right <laughs> well listen my friends uh chicago shakespeare theater's world stage series returns with a groundbreaking theater maker Emma Rice's exuberant reimagining of Emily Bronte's gothic masterpiece, Wuthering Heights. I saw it last night. I know. Holy smokes, kiddos. Fasten your seatbelts. I love it. 
it's it is it is quite a journey, and I'm so excited that joining us uh, right now is one of the uh, many. I'm calling it. We're Chicago theater. I'm calling it an ensemble show because it is the most ensemble show, like one yeah, of those that I've seen forever. Like. We have one of the most uh, one of the talented members of the ensemble of Wuthering Heights, uh, Georgia Bruce, joining us. Georgia, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh! Thank you for your delicious performance Aww. last night. <laughs> thank uh, you, thank you. Uh, no, thank you. I'm going to keep saying thank you over <laughs> and over again. It was a delightful, I don't know, well, delightful's not, that's not the right word. It's Wuthering Heights, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. sad. It's sad, it but then. sad, yeah. It is, it is, and then you show up, and it's not sad anymore. Thank goodness. <laughs> Or it's sad, but you make us okay with the sadness. Um, first off, congratulations! the The show is 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 truly a a, a wonder to behold, uh, especially for people who for you know a, a town like Chicago, who has such a very rich tradition of literary adaptations for the stage, yeah. to bring a Wise Children's a production of Wuthering Heights to Chicago Shakespeare is such a treat uh first off how long have you been with the show well i i mean i actually only <clears throat> i joined a couple of months ago in berkeley so the, the show's been going on for a, a good while now it did a, it was at the national theater in london and then it did a tour of the uk and then it it's come out to the states it it debuted in new york and then it came over to berkeley and that's where i joined so i've been doing it since uh, so it was beginning of November, so a few months now. Um, but yeah, but I'm I'm by no means an original. It's been it's been going on for sort of 200 shows or something, and I've done about 40 of them. Oh well, and those are those are 40 long shows. <laughs> those 40 epic. Like this is a marathon. Like it oh, is. Yeah. But it, but it, as an audience member, it's it just moves along. You're like, what? Wait, what? First of all, I want to congratulate Emma Rice uh, for her brilliant direction and her very very clever clever adaptation. I have tried to I have started Wuthering Heights uh, about three times, yeah, and yeah, I yeah, yeah. end up throwing the book across the room. I'm like, Heathcliff, yeah. get out of that. Cabinet, and why are you writing Catherine? Who are all these Catherines and everything? One of the best moments for me as an audience member was to sit down and watch. Like, all right, hi. These names are all—they all sound the same, and they all are married to each other. And it's let's just let's make a timeline here. Yeah. It 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 was great. How? What is it like? Well, as somebody who joined this cast, what is it like joining this? incredibly well-oiled machine. I mean, that sounds so heartless, you know, because there's so much heart in there. exactly what it is. Yeah. Yeah, It's a a big old group of people, and everyone is doing something at every single point in the show. So, um, so that is exactly what it feels like. Actually, it feels like it feels like you're you're a cog in a in a very sort of fancy artsy machine. But that is exactly what it is. And um, yeah, I mean, testament to Emma Rice really for. Um, having, yeah, I think A, the, the endurance to just like slug through that novel and pull out the the important story and bring it to the fore um, and, and also just stage managing uh, such a huge group of people and 
she has an amazing team who works with her. So um, she's she's sort of the the helmsman. She's at the head of the ship, but she's got um, an amazing composer, Ian Ross. She's got really um, wonderful movement director, Etta Murphy, and loads of uh, really brilliant people in the room. And she's a she's a collaborative artist, I think. So um, even though I joined late. Uh, working with Emma is always an absolute gift as an actor because effectively you come into the room and she, uh, will, in a roundabout way, will say, well, what, what can you do? What tricks have you got up, up your sleeve? Mm-hmm. And uh, you've got to be careful what you what you promise because, because she'll make you do it, basically. <laughs> oh, I, some of the physical things, I was like, why? They just did a round off. They rolled over and they did right. a little shoulder. Like, what is happening over here? Uh, and, yeah. and let me tell you, one of your skills is working oversized mutton sleeves so deliciously <laughs> yeah, well. I, I like, didn't know I had that skill until this job, and suddenly I'm I'm thriving with those. <laughs> <laughs> so you came to it from Berkeley. How does yeah. how did that work? Are you living out there, or? Uh, yeah, we're we're touring around. So they, oh. yeah, we we're just we're we're living wherever we're working. So at the moment, I'm here in Chicago, which is absolutely amazing. I've never been here before. So you just joined so them at Berkeley. Yeah, I, I joined see. in Berkeley and uh, and just sort of hopped hopped on the train at Got that it. point. Right, <laughs> but wait, so how long did you have to rehearse to get into oh. this show? Oh, like I had, it's sort of unheard of. I had six days of rehearsal <gasps> before I came out, and then I flew out, uh, and uh, well, actually, typically got COVID, so I was out for the first week, and then I performed. Uh, after oh, <laughs> yeah, no. five days of rehearsal, six days of rehearsal, two months prior, and uh, and jumped in uh, uh, without without having done it for two months. Oh, it was, oh boy! <laughs> I'm sorry. It was, a, it was a whirlwind, but that I mean that's live theatre. Yeah, like it it has been a real reminder of why we do it, and also how hard it is, and how brilliant it is and how amazing people deal with with stuff like that when it's live because there's no way there's nothing you can hide behind you just gotta get up and do it don't you so mm-hmm. yeah 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 well and and you all get up there and do it uh <laughs> yeah. you yeah. most certainly do uh it is as i said i've tried to get through wuthering heights i've never been able to get through it this was the most riveting exciting uh, uh, tale and, the, and illuminating. It's so interesting to look at a text, uh, you know, that is how however old it is, and you know, through a contemporary lens. You know, you hear about you know Wuthering Heights. It's this beautiful romance between Catherine and Heathcliff, and and then you're watching and you're like, wait, Heathcliff is kind of a jerk. You like, wait, what's going on here? Like, I, go ahead, yeah. I think it gets it gets. Uh, Kind of banded together with with some of those the romance novels like yeah. in novels and things like that, um, and people have a sense of it. I think probably because yeah, the, what we know of it from popular culture, from Kate, your Kate Bushes and your things like that, mm-hmm. is that it is this like sweeping, lovely romance. But man, it is bleak. Like mm. those those people, a lot of them are not very nice people. No, and. I think what this show does amazingly is is show that it doesn't hide away from the fact that this is effectively a show about inherited trauma, but mm. it does it in a way that hopefully makes people laugh and it's got music and it's got dance it's just textured 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 so um uh, i think I think it does a really wonderful sort of three d version of that of that quite bleak story. 
um, hope. Yes. Oh, one hundred percent. One hundred percent. And and you know, as 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 a comedian myself, I I tend to be cast in these parts where you make the show bearable. You know, with these <laughs> yeah. bleak shows. And and Georgia, your performance as both Isabella Linton and Little Linton are just sublime they are they are rooted within this very real like a, a truth a reality but there is a comedic perspective behind everything yeah. it's every time you you came on stage as one of those characters as well as your work with the more like i want to talk to you for about eight hours just about this <laughs> about this play uh, but like but particularly like with your work coming in um what um how how does it feel to be you know you, your character and your performance makes this bleak bleak story bearable? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. For, for me, and similarly, I, I've got a comedy background, and so a part like this is a is an absolute gift, really. Because yeah. uh, it is rooted in truth. Both of those both of those characters have a really hard time, yeah, a horrible time, but. The way that they've been crafted in this show, there's just so much space for being a big old idiot, man. And I love that. I absolutely <laughs> love it. So it's, it's, it's a real gift that I've I've been able to do a part. They don't come along like they don't come along often these parts where you get a proper story, a proper narrative, but I also get to mug at the audience as well. Yes. <laughs> try and get them, try and get them on my side as well. So yeah, it's a real, it's an amazing, amazing tightrope to be walking to to try and play the truth of it. I think that was what uh, Emma's aim and her big note for me always is to to, to remember that these are real stories. Um, but within the scope of that, carving out the little moments that I can make it absolutely ridiculous, and I think I've, I think I found a few. Moments, I think so. you most certainly. <laughs> so you most with, certainly have. With the three hours, and you're doing two show days, yes. Oh yes, yeah. So yeah, how are well, you? Twice a week, matinees, yeah. How are you taking care of yourself in between shows? Oh, I'm sleeping a lot. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sleeping a lot. Yeah, um, but we've we've just had a bit of time off. But actually, right now, I'm feeling I'm feeling good and energized and really happy to be doing the show again. Good. And I mean, I'm in a brand new, amazing city, and that's the gift of this job. Right. Um, in my days, I can just sort of go out and explore. So. I'm taking care of myself, but I'm also having a bit of fun and and and, um, and seeing what Chicago has to offer, which is which is a, a treat. Really. Awesome. I wonder where have you gone so far? Um, well, we've only been here a few days. I've right. only had about two days off, but so far um, I've just been to a few museums. I've wandered around from where we're we're, we're downtown, so we're kind of right in the heart of it. And nice. I've started once we've got a few days off to go and explore some some other neighbourhoods and see what's going on. Elsewhere, find the gay neighborhoods. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> oh, all right, I will tell you where they. You can go to North Halstead. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. Go right. up there, and that's where uh, that used to be called Boys Town. We changed it to North Halstead, yeah. and then there's Andersonville, which I uh, used to call the land of lesbians and lingonberries. It was a Swedish <laughs> neighborhood. That sounds like my dream. It then. is. Yeah. I know. So you will fit right on in, right in there. Um, just to go back to to the show really quickly, and I will. We can talk Chicago all you want to. Uh, Okay, again, this is, I, I I have not seen, like, this is, Chicago 
theater is known for its ensemble and the ensemble ethic, you know, meaning that we are all here to tell this one story. Every single person is needed. There is no more clear example of that kind of ethic than what is happening on that stage at the Chicago Shakespeare Theater with the uh, Wise Children's Wuthering Heights. Um, so much so that even last night, I know there were there were understudies and swings that had moved around. Yeah. Um, they, uh, you had to stop Act One. Yep. What was? Yeah. Can I ask what was? I mean, you don't have to tell me. There was there was just a technical issue that that cropped up. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, I don't even really know what happened. Okay. I'm like, well, you can you can email me with the real. <laughs> but but. There was, there was, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, it was there was a there was a show stop, and this this sort of stuff happens all the time. And yeah. I think you're bang on that. This again, this show is like yeah, ensemble is the word to describe it. Everyone, everyone is doing something, and I I kid you not, there, there's there's sort of rarely a show we do where someone isn't doing something that they haven't done before because of some sort of shift and someone can't do this bit so someone else has to jump in and do this bit and someone uh, our drummer was off with illness so uh, one of our actors who is a drummer jumps onto the drums which means someone has to cover his track and someone else has to cover their track and uh, it it really is a a piece of teamwork it's a sort of amazing piece of teamwork where where everyone just jumps in and, and does what they can and it helps that it's it's a company comprised of sort of ludicrously talented people who yes. can just pop onto the drums if they need yeah. to. Or you know, that yeah, skill yes. that you have in your back pocket. Yeah. I love <laughs> that a show like that I can only, because one of my um, favorite things about theater in general as a performer myself is the backstage choreography, like all oh. the stuff that's going, I can I only imagine. can't even imagine, no. <clears throat> it is chaos back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That was it. Honestly, when I did that show the first night, the stuff that happens on stage, once you're on the stage, I'm like, oh, I'm fine. I'll yeah, be able yeah. to flag my way through it. It's the stuff that happens backstage, yes. the costume changes, the set changes, the movements. You've got to be handing this prop to this person at yep. this time. It's, it's a complicated, it's a big old web of, of, of everyone doing everything every every time. And but I yeah, love that too because, yeah, you, you never, like, you take it for granted and then, like, one piece gets pulled and it's like a domino yeah. effect. So yes. it's, exactly like, so that. beautiful. Exactly <laughs> yeah, exactly that. But that's what's amazing about it, really, and it's it's absolutely sort of breathtaking and brilliant to see the company sort of shift itself like a, yeah. like a big like kind of monstrous machine and it just kind of clunks itself into a, into a different position. The magic of theater. Work. Exactly that, exactly that. It's a really, really wonderfully adaptable show um, with with a sort of central story that holds it all together. So yeah, it's got moving parts and, and you can move them into different, into different spots and it, it still works great, I think. Oh, 100%. I, you know, had I, there been zero announcement of people shifting roles, I would never have known. And I do want to give a big old shout out. Is, is, is his name Tama? Ta- uh, Tama, yeah. Tama's the, who plays uh, Hairston and Hindley. And Hindley. Because where they stopped the show... Oh yeah, was right yeah. when he's like, I'm going to yeah. talk about my wife who died of chi- <laughs> from childbirth, and I'm like, exactly. wait, they had to pick up right there, huh? Like that. I, I mean, no run up at all. I know. None. Amazingly, and After we were I'm... laughing as well because just literally the uh, L who who plays Francis who was about to die, she's literally about <laughs> to step onto the stage. 
as that as that called she was sort of moments off of sort of collapsing onto the stage as the as the show as the show stopped which obviously made us all laugh quite a lot but <laughs> then yeah I mean amazing work for from from those two to, to pick up a scene halfway through oh, after a 15 minute yeah, break yes I mean it, it, it was so stunning and the language uh is there the music is just fun gorgeous the choreography the I mean it really is just like it you feel like you are you are lucky to be in that audience to be with this sort of special thing that you have like a bunch of people you know up up there telling one story in this gorgeous way that's yeah. very uh kinetic and physical but also cerebral and emotional at the same time it's a, what what do you hope cuz you're you're here in chicago uh until february 19th at chicago shakespeare yeah. theater what do you hope people take away from from seeing this performance of, of Wuthering Heights? That's a great question. I mean, uh, what I really hope and what I think we all feel as a company is that we are trying to remind everyone um, how brilliant it is to be in a theatre mm. and how unique a space it is. And I think with this show, what it does wonderfully is is something that only theatre can do um which is a big a big show it's a massive entertaining show full of heart and full of love um but also yeah fundamentally very very entertaining and very live and very present um so i think probably that's what i want i want i mean personally i'd love for people to take away because it's definitely what i'm taking away it's the first big show i've done since the pandemic and it's just um it's just amazing to be to be doing it in full theatres with with um, a big group of people who've all taken their evenings out mm. and sit together in a room and 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 be in a different world for a moment and uh, yeah that's what I want from it and um, I want it to be sort of like all encompassing and uh, and a good old story and. Yeah, I think that's the aim of it. Well, you are certainly achieving that. And what a, what a, a, a production to uh, be your welcome back to the stage. Like how, oh, yeah. like, ugh, I'm, color me jealous. It was, it's just <laughs> lovely. And again, your performance is just, it, it really is absolutely delightful. It, it, Thank you. As, as, again, like as somebody who's, who's cast as the funny one to make things bearable, um, yeah. you don't get these roles very often. And, and it shows that, like, you can see how much fun you are having, and you can see that there's joy, even though it is a very bleak story, to say the least. There's so much joy on stage in sharing this story and creating that community. A great, we're having a great time up there. Yeah, definitely we are. It's uh, really good fun to be doing it. Wonderful. When's your next day off? Is it tomorrow? Tomorrow, yeah, I've got two. I've got Monday and Tuesday off. Oh my gosh, what are you planning to do to take in the this incredible city that is Chicago? Oh man, the world is my oyster. I, we haven't even made plans yet. We're gonna have we're having a little sort of opening party this evening, um, and then yeah, t tomorrow and, and Tuesday I'm just gonna explore. I think I haven't made I haven't made set plans. Gonna see what happens. All right, let, the world is your oyster. Let it let it 
let it take you where it may. Yeah, uh, exactly. But c- once again, I, congratulations, uh, Georgia. It, it's a, it is an incredible show. It is a massive show that is an extraordinary feat of storytelling and performance, and dance and design. And it, you can, it's. I, I could not think of a better place for you all to spend a horrible month <laughs> of February uh, than yeah. Chicago, who, who a town that f- really appreciates the, again, adaptations of literature for performance, as we, we have a very big history of that here in, in Chicago. And it felt, while seeing something completely new, it also felt like a homecoming at the same time. So thank you for that that beautiful gift. Thank you for your incredible f- performance. And I hope you have a fabulous run and enjoy this beautiful city of ours. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. And thanks for your kind kind words. It really means a lot. We're, we're thrilled to be here. Yes, please give hugs to everybody. They were all, <laughs> uh, it, it's just, and, and Tama too, especially. I'm like, dude, you picked up right when yeah. you oh. talk about dead wife. Not fair. Yeah, Not yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not fair. Uh, just wonderful. And if, if you want to have your mind blown uh, and to and to feel coziness and the warmth of storytelling, make sure that you check out uh, Wuthering Heights at Chicago Shakespeare Theater. It is playing uh, until uh, February 19th. For more information and for tickets, go to chicagoshakes.com. Uh, Georgia Bruce, I, I long, now I just want large mutton sleeves on everything <laughs> don't we all we all do we all do and that bow oh, oh gorgeous isn't that it's stunning, stunning. <laughs> just stunning uh break legs congratulations have a great uh great shows today and uh, and sit down sit down just I sit will. down <laughs> take care <laughs> all right thank you so much all right there they go georgia bruce make sure you check check them out in wuthering heights at chicago shakespeare we've got to take a quick break and when we come back patty vasquez is going to give us the the tea on the uh mayoral forum that happened last week so stick around you're listening to out chicago right here on wcpt Hi, this is Renee Taylor. You're listening to Out Chicago, WCPT 820. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with, I was going to say Ella Miller, but she ain't here. She's on a boat. <laughs> She's on, on a boat. A She's on a, a blues. She's looking a blues cruise. Blues cruise. Yes. She is, most people know who listen to the show, she is an incredible Blues harmonica player. Yeah, so cool. Like she's so good. Like she plays with like really fancy people. Oh my gosh, all the time. So cool. So yeah, so she's off doing her thing. And Tanya Richard is here. Uh, Tanya is the host of the podcast Tanya's Take: Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race. And I am so excited uh, because you know this past Thursday WCPT hosted a mayoral forum featuring all of the candidates. There we are, and it was moderated by. Okay, fine. Joan Esposito, yeah, Cintita Jackson. But wait, hold up. It was also the one and only Patty Vasquez, uh, host of Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez. And she's here now. Hi. Hello. Wasn't it incredible? The entire team really pulled off a miraculous job. I think it was I, stunning. 
Yeah. I, I've been holding my, my butthole's just slammed shut. It was just one of those, like, can I say that? I just did. But I'm like, this is just too much. It is just too much work. It was incredible. incredible. The amount of preparation and the, and the mm-hmm. team. Congratulations. I, I did look. They gave me a piece of paper. They said, please say these things. Uh, I screwed that up. Good. And, yeah. Uh, as, <laughs> as, we, as we. <laughs> yeah. It was. Well, I, OK. First of all, Joan Esposito had was on that stage for over three hours yeah. with all the personalities. Santita and I split each panel. So she did the first half on both. And during the first panel, I had had I'd been up since 530. I did Sentita's show, and I had coffee, I had water, I had diet soda. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> oh, no. no! So I was sitting, and I had I was in the front row, so there wasn't any like get up and run because I would be like right in front of the whole thing. So I told Matt Cummings, I'm like, I have to go to the ladies' room before we start this again. Tell them to block the doors, don't let anybody out. And I run past the mayor, and she goes, "Aren't we going to hear from you, Patty?" And I was like, "Just a second. Just a second. <laughs> Now, I'm going to give you TMI. I get into the bathroom, and do you remember Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own? Where he's uh-huh, just going, yes. and, I, and I had a one, one of those one-piece suits on. I had a leather jacket over, and I'm like, take it off my jacket. Oh, no. I'm trying to go to the bathroom, and I'm like, no. No. It's like... I mean, I broke I broke the seal. I broke everyone's seal that was in the auditorium, and I miss. So I miss when they. So I'm in the hallway. I'm running, and they're like, "They already started without you." I'm coming. So Joan had started with. I was supposed to start off that next the next part of that. Uh-huh. So she had. So but and I didn't know what we're, what the plan was going to be from there. So now I'm doing all of Joan's parts, right? So when we get to the end, and she's like, "Well, how about you, Patty?" And I'm like, "Oh, we're done." And she's like, "No, we're not." No, we're not done. <laughs> I was like, I, like I am. <laughs> I am. I got nothing left in me, literally. She was so <laughs> gracious, did not call attention to it. I did say during when I came back, uh, the women's room is much farther than the men's room. <laughs> so, so you had like a, you yes. had yeah, you had like your own little Hillary Clinton moment <laughs> so during good. the debates. Uh, there and, and really, Joan was so gracious and so patient. And she's she, a pro. And she has way more tea than I do because she had the mayor right next to oh, her. Well, I know. I was listening to her show yes. on Friday, who and the mayor kept whispering things to the time. Yeah. That's time. Oh, That's time. Aren't you going to do that? Let's do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's hilarious. Well, and it's funny because Joan was like, so, because uh, well, Willie kind of was like, oh, you know, I still have time. And she's like, no, that's for the next person. Yeah. Because I was watching the, they had a massive monitor in front of them. Oh, there was, okay. And then when it when the time was up, it just flashed red. So you knew you were done. You don't so get once, a countdown? Oh, you get a countdown. Oh, okay. oh, definitely. So it's a countdown. It sets for every single person, including the rebuttal. I'm telling you, the guy who was doing engineering, incre- everyone that was doing all the tech work. I, I, We've got good folks seamless. here at WCBT. And uh, and Willie Wilson, and and he took a moment to acknowledge that Jess, Reverend Jesse Jackson was there, and we're like, okay, sure, you know. But Joan was much more patient about letting people finish their sentences, like after the red was flashing, because I was like. <clears throat> You know, and I would start saying, thank you. Thank you. You're done. You. Hey, <laughs> you should have just started, like, humming the girl from Ipanema or something. You know, like, that's your playoff music. There we are. Mm. I like that. I, I, think, I think, think so. Be, I think that would be nice. Think so. Yeah. So, con- but congratulations. That was really, like, that was hard and exciting. I'm t- again, I'm telling you, it was the entire team. Uh, I just stood in the right place. And uh, th- there's a picture of me where you see my tongue sticking out. I'm like, like, like this. And you can see it online. And it was, I know when that moment was, it was my, the, the quick lightning round. Uh, 
uh, you know, who would you vote for if you don't vote for yourself? Right. right. Like, this is going to be interesting. <laughs> and that, you can see it. Oh, you do that. <laughs> that is, it is the comedian's plight. It's like they were going to take a picture when you were making the dumbest face. Um, I'll but show yeah. Taylor, uh... yeah, there we are, which is always great, you know, especially like you're up here, like you've got your political hat on. You're like, right. I am a sensible, responsible, knowledgeable uh, radio host. And yeah. yet, yeah, there we are. I just said I'm that my. Still I still the my yeah. So you know, <laughs> I just did it again. There, you know. Believe it or not, I have done. I've done this. I did a forum in 2018 with all 11 candidates. I had to wrangle all 11 candidates Whoa. for for two and a half hours. Oh no! Oh, it was insane. And yeah. I could have told you, like, and Lori Lightfoot was at the other end of the the panel. She was like, it was. I think Jamal was on the end. She was toward the end. Chico and Gary McCarthy and Preckwinkle Whoa. and Willie Will Willie Wilson. The last time stood up like at 35 minutes in and said, "I have another engagement to be at." He, <laughs> yeah, he goes, I have a radio interview. He goes, I like to give a closing statement. And I go, absolutely not. <laughs> like, and, I'd and, like you to fulfill your obligation to stay here through the whole thing, Willie. Well, well, and I told him, no one else is giving a closing statement, so you're certainly not going to, which I think was what messed me up when I tried ending the thing the other day, was I was like, oh, we're done. Because we didn't do closing statements. They did oh. an opening statement this time and a closing statement. And, uh, and it was, I think that, honestly, though, what, were, what was your take? Because I think that the they did a great job of fleshing out. I, yeah, think, I have not heard the whole, listened to the whole thing because sure. it is a, it, as you said, Joan Esposito Whoa. was up there for three hours. Yeah. So it's, it is an epic, and I just went to see Wuthering Heights, which is a three hours thing, too. <laughs> right. I, I have to That's meet out, and I went to the opera, too, which is another three hours. I'm like, I understand what the butthole problems I totally, <laughs> yeah, I totally. It's a big thing. Devin's like, can we Devin's stop? like, why are we talking about, no, this is going to be forever known as the butthole show. There we are. I'm uh, here for it. We I'm are. We, oh, my goodness. But the, from all the, the reviews that I've been hearing, like, people were really impressed with this so called second. Tier candidates. Yeah, I agree. Because people came in, they were like, look, here are, we're not just spewing out talking points, right. which apparently, like, that was kind of a problem with, not a problem. Just a situation of what happened. Well, Willie kept saying for no matter what the question was, how are we going to bring back riders to CTA? Well, we don't need any more property taxes and cops should have more guns. Right. It yeah. seemed to be the answer for like every Everything. single. Yes. Um, but how was it for you? But in terms of like what what were some of the issues? Because I know like the we had listeners who were able to write in questions. Mm -hmm. What were some of the issues that you felt really like got the best answers? Not just in like sure. the politic answers, but in like mm -hmm. policy. Like, hey, this is what I want to do. Because we all know we can talk about thoughts and prayers and blah, 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 blah. But yeah. what are you going to do? Well, here there's there's a one thing about that, though, is that Lori Lightfoot promised the world when she ran in 2008, in 2018, yeah. 19, right? She promised an elected school board that she would slow her role on the Lincoln Yards, that, you know, all these different things. And none of that happened. So it's right. a little hard for me. But there are some things that jumped out for me, like Jay Mall mentioning mm. that for CTA, he would have like a 100 day state, basically state of emergency for CTA and have more people on the platforms connecting individuals to services, having people present so that people felt safe, not necessarily like armed guards. And right, things like but that. just people. Right, to because there are so many homeless people, people unsheltered, who are yep. using CTA for warmth, for you know, for just safety for themselves. And it's coming. You know, there are smells that people are concerned about. There is sort of a like all bets are off on CTA now. Like like I've been riding on CTA since I was in. I went to Lane Tech, so took two buses and a train, and we had our own sort of rough and tumble experience. But this is getting different. Where you know we want people to use public transportation. We want to draw down on how much traffic 
traffic we have. We want to have you know safe streets for people to ride their bikes and who are in wheelchairs and things like that. So I thought that he and Brandon Johnson had interesting takes on what they would do with CTA. Mm-hmm. I thought Sylvia King sh- shown in a lot of uh, her answers. I think mm-hmm. people were surprised by not having heard from her. And keep in mind, do you remember how how Lori Lightfoot was polling three weeks before the last election? She was, she was, it was low. She was low. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Like 3%. So when we Was it that low? It was, it was 2.7. What? I don't, see that I don't remember because I do, because it came, well, was that one before the election or before the runoff? I have something for you. (gasps) Go, So do you remember there was a Senator, now Senator Robert Martwick, he was then a representative. He had a piece of legislation that he dropped on a Friday night, uh, like late on a Friday around 5 p.m. It was to have the Cook County uh, tax assessor be appointed rather than elected, even though two years before he had moved for like Lake County to be elected rather than appointed. It's a whole thing. Lori Lightfoot decides to have a press conference, candidate Lori, Lori Lightfoot, that following Monday, he shows up, sits in the front row, and they get into a yelling match. She gets unearned media. Yeah. This big barrel-chested uh, white guy yelling oh, oh, at her, oh. saying, you know, your Trumpian tactics are why you're wholly unfit to be the mayor. She gets huge press, and that helps give her the bump. She even thanks Robert Martwick on his birthday not long after that. Oh, it's a whole thing. Yeah, people don't remember this that was little piece before. of it. Oh, okay. wow. It was, three, it was two weeks before the election. Oh, it was huge. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Pull up the story. You'll see All it. Right. I remember a similar thing after she was elected, kind of a one-on-one she had with somebody. I, I mean, I don't it might have been him again because they it might they, have been. They do not well, enjoy the elected school board. He carried the the legislation for the elected school board. Huh? Yeah, it was a whole thing. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so anything, can, what I'm saying is anything can happen in the next 30 days. Right. Yeah. And that's why I think it's important to look at that second panel. I know that there were different factors involved in separate, mm. and one, technically, it was, I, and I think it was good to be able to hear each candidate for, you know, more focused rather than having nine candidates on stage. Yeah. And I think with the tech part of it, I think it worked better to have five and four. And I and I think that, uh, you know, the, the vari- variables that they used to make the decisions, whether it was on polling and how much money someone has raised, institutional support, all those things. But I think that that second panel, you're absolutely right. I think they did a great job of sharing their platform and and introducing themselves to people who maybe weren't familiar with them. Right, right. Yeah. And that's just, I don't know, And I always think in future as well, like that's good work regardless of what happens in terms of getting the presence and people understanding who they are and what they're contributing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, can you stick around? Sure. All right. I'm going to pull up that picture of Robert Martwick and Oh, yes, please. Let's do that. Uh, we're going to have sh- uh, story time over here during while we take a break. Uh, uh, so I'm going to look at pictures of Patty. And, no, not me. Yeah, and uh, we'll be right back with the final thrilling show-stopping moments about Chicago right here on WCPT. Welcome back. I'm Paul Oakley Stovall. You're listening to Out Chicago on WCPT. And welcome back to Out Chicago. Scott Duff here along with Tania Richards. Tania Richards. <laughs> it's Tanya Richard. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, Tania Richards. <laughs> and, of course, Patty Vasquez, host of Driving It Home with Patty Vasquez, which you can hear every Monday through Friday from 5 to 7. They gave you an extra hour. They did. Wow. I, I demanded it. I'm I sure you no, they just, You just keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, that was the thing. I was going in overtime into the next show. I've been very good. I'm out on the money now. There you, of course yes. you are. I am not. But, I, I, you know, it'll be I fun. I never was. There we are. There we are. <laughs> but, uh, Patty was one of the moderators of the WCPT Mayoral Forum that happened 
this uh, past Thursday. Um, what, what what are some of your big takeaways from the the whole thing? I think that we're in good shape with a lot of these candidates. I mean, I have concerns. I don't. I, I know that we are going to be interviewing all these candidates. So I don't want to go too far into my right. uh, own personal preferences and my takeaways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think that we saw th- there are some candidates that just have a single uh, you know issue, whether it's just public safety and taxes, and uh, not the, the vision that I want to hear from my my candidates or mm-hmm. my electeds. Uh, I think that Lori had to spend a lot of time defending uh, what she has done. And like yeah. I said, she promised a lot. And I know that there was a pandemic and a lot of folks will say, well, you know, she didn't have the opportunity, but there were certain things that she caved on right away that mm-hmm. I have an issue with. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, she's promising more. Uh, I thought she sounded better than, than she has in the past at this this forum. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, she, and I, by the way, I think, I don't know if you saw Joan, like, I thought she was going to tackle me because during that lightning round, when they were asked, who would you vote for? Vallis said, I know who I'm not voting for it's Lori Lightfoot, right? And so, if you invoke the name of the candidate, yeah, they can yeah, reply. And Joe was going to move on. I'm like, oh. no, I think no, no. that was where we got the extreme makeover, Paul Dallas. <laughs> right. and <I> like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and she's like, yeah, I talked to the mayor of Philadelphia, and he doesn't have nice things to say about. So it was there were some nice fireworks. I thought I thought yeah. there was good policy put out there. I thought there were some people that just basically say the same thing they're going to say every single time, no matter what the question is. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that. Let's go another. Yeah, well. See, here's the thing. You're going to be able to talk to mayoral candidates, but it's harder for me on a Sunday show to like get them to come out. It's have, really hard. Have you reached out? Yeah, I have. All right. Cam LaPau. I bet you Cam Buckner would. Okay, I, great. There I like are. him a lot. All right, well, yeah. we'll chat. All right, Then cool. we'll chat with that. But it's always just a little... Thank you, know, you for having me. Well, no, thank you for being here. I mean, Absolutely. it's it's really great. Like, yeah, uh, I, we have been critical of, of Mayor Lightfoot uh, on this show. Um, you know, we were big supporters of her, you know, because I'm yeah. like, all right, here you are. You are you have a relationship with CPD. That is like the big thing for me. You know, I'm like, we need to figure out how we are policing everybody and we are protecting everybody and when it came to the pandemic because let's we have to be honest she was she was delivered a giant doo-doo platter you know same with pritzker they were both like here you are you're barely in a year and then bleh, this once in a century thing happens i thought the way that mary mayor lightfoot handled the pandemic a plus auntie Lori. Yanti Lori, but it's great. All the cutouts of her. All the cutouts of her and her sad little. I still want to get her a tailor. Come on, baby shoes. We can eat you. I, this is not. I hate that I just said that because I'm talking about the way somebody looks, but come on. Their choices are made. Choices were made. Yes, but it is it is a practice. I have come yeah. to realize it is a practice to not comment on how people look. I know. That's, and, and, and I try. I think a good one. A good it is a practice. very good practice. I think you could highlight how great she looks in different wardrobe. I think it <gasps> is a go. practice to say nothing way. at all. Uh, there we are. <laughs> There's no need to but say anyway, anything. But anyway, but aside from that, but I think like from uh, other things, I'm like, mm, Lord, mm, Mayor, mm, mm, it's like sad trombone sound. I would like someone who can collaborate with everyone in city hall i mean th- there just seems to be a, a contention that is is born out of having very specific views and not necessarily playing as well with others yes okay that's, that's how i would mm. all right there mm-hmm. we are so do you hear that everybody <laughs> running for mayor play nice well, with we, others well, work well with others collaborate. collaborate yeah yeah that's what it's all about yeah. okay 
<laughs> I just remember that email that she sent out about like the repetitive one where like the out my hour my office hours are my office hours. Yeah, there, there will be no deviation from. Oh yeah, there were like some just some of the text, hey. the tone of things that she that have been shared are the things that make me concerned about her ability to work with others. Yeah, there's a lot of. I'm at a, I'm at a, and full disclosure, she did campaign for the incumbent that I was running against and phone banked for her and oh, yeah, door knocked. So let's well. let's know, let's yeah. be let's be honest that there's a little bit of personal. Sure. I have no I idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Something personal. Personal. She's out of my block. In oh, she I heard right. I heard that when you were on the on the air talking about it, like, and I showed up afterwards knocking on the door, like the mayor was just here. Well, yeah. poop. <laughs> Great. Great. Yeah. And she anyway. was very popular at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Your clothes fit better. <laughs> Scott. That's little, awful. I know. Tight. I'll be honest. My clothes fit better. <laughs> I know. This is horrible. All right. I'm going to do a hard left. But, but first off, if you want to check out the, the WCPT mayoral forum, it's available on YouTube. It's also on the WCPT Facebook page. If you head on over there, you can see, like, get the information. This is like... We keep talking about, like, let's look at, let's start in this, start local, be here, like, know your candidates. So you can check out the whole video on WCPT's Facebook page. It should be on the website. It's also on YouTube. Just look at WCPT Mayoral Forum. Check it out. Watch Patty make weird faces. Yes. And WCPT did everybody proud, by the way. I think that we did better than any other mayoral That's forum awesome. so far. Yeah. Because facts matter. There you go. Boom. Thank you. There we are. Now can we talk about people's clothes and talk about Drag Race? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we? Can, I want to know what's happening with uh, with RuPaul. What happened? Why was RuPaul blocked on? Wasn't he? Wasn't RuPaul blocked on something? Suda what? Oh well, the, the, okay. I'm sorry. We were gonna talk about that. Well, no, no, well, no. We were I... gonna talk about more fun things. But we can. Well, no. We're, like, okay. So, RuPaul has definitely had like a a a a. a, a, a Ru, Ru is an evolving yeah. being, as we all are. There are still some practices that are very, very interesting. Like RuPaul owns some like fracking farms. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's that coming up through my sink? Oh, it's oh, oil. Oh, it's awesome. oil. Don't worry about it. It's fine. But I'm making money. Oh, my. So, yeah. So, there's there's that whole thing. We talk about all those complications, right? On Do you the podcast. Wait, well, what podcast are you referring to? Well, Scott. Yes. Um, so, Tanya's Take, Race, Culture, and the Culture of Race now um, does monthly episodes. And the for the February month, we are focusing all things drag race. And not just the tea, but we're taking a look at it from the sort of intersectional point of view, social identity point of view. And we're talking about all those things, including, like, the good, the bad, and the ugly around of you know, RuPaul, and, but also his journey towards sort of um, becoming more inclusive and all that stuff. So that's coming out uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, that is... With Scott. Did yeah, with me. I'm on it. Yes. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh. Uh, by yes. the way. Wait, so what, the, what day is that? That's January or that February? February 1st. Oh, February 1st. We're already yes. in February. Yeah. Can you believe that? Uh, since I just posted a flyer for my show at, at uh, the Laugh Factory tonight and I put December on it. Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Everyone's like messaging me and, and they're like, December like, has two C's. Uh, What's what? happening? December has two C's. <laughs> <laughs> so no, I don't believe it's already. Okay, yeah, I don't even know what day it is. It's still very. I'm glad weird. though. I'm glad it's February. It's just getting us out of this. Yes. No, let's just get February out of the way. Look, there's that a reason too. why God made it 28 days. Right. It's like it's it's. Know, it really it just that, gets wintry er and winty. Well, that is that's why. That's hard to say. Wintry er. Oh, yeah, that's, there you go. More wintry. <laughs> it's the winteriest. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But that's why I embrace the hookup. To go back the to the Huga at the beginning. The Huga, it's yes. all about the Huga. I 
I love that. Yeah, I, am, yeah. I will send you some things. It's all about like big comfy sweaters it's and like, things. Although now I'm like really sweaty yeah. <laughs> over here. And also flavored vodkas too. Flavored vodkas can be yeah, can be yes, in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's you know my internal identity. I just didn't know what the name was. Like seeking comfort. That's like seeking comfort, all like, I do. But not even seeking. It's celebrating comfort. Celebrating too. it too. So not just like. Like, oh, I, like I need this. I'm in want of. It's like, no, 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 no. I get to oh, be cozy. I, like I get that. to have soup. I get to sit by my Christmas tree that will stay up until mm. March. I get to, you know, do this. That's what it's all about. Ugh, I love and it. watching Drag Race. Did you and watch this week? By I the watched way. this week, yes. Mm-hmm. Spoilers are happening in 10, 9. Okay, they're happening now. Okay, We're no. all what? Amethyst. Amethyst. I mean, Amethyst. She was in over her head. Here's the thing. She was in over her head. She really was all along, but she came out so strong, and she came out really. I was like, this. She's going to take it. That, well, I didn't think she was going to take no, it. I, I guess thought I she was going to get a little bit further than I she did. I thought she'd get further. But uh, just because, like, she has that beautiful nose. Yeah, and she was funny, but she she's could just funny. never push through. No, and it, we're in season 15, kids. If you show up and you're like, oh my gosh, there's a sewing challenge. Yeah, I've <laughs> never sewed in my life. It's like, come. On. Maybe she'll be an all star. Sometimes they. She won't be an all star. You don't think so? No, no, no. Because she can't sew. Well, and didn't you sort of think that sugar is he? No, spice is left. Spice is still there. Yeah. Didn't you think that they might go this week and they didn't? (sighs) Spice has too many TikTok followers. Oh, okay. I think. Well, that's there one it. of the things we talk mm-hmm. about is the infiltration of social media and how it's affected. The how it's affecting everything, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, spice. I think I didn't expect sugar and or spice. I know sugar left last week. We're giving spoilers all over the place. We, we gave them. Well, a we warning. told them. Yeah. We gave them. But yeah, we spice. Sugar left. Uh, you know, last week yeah. I was expecting that they would stay in a little bit longer just because their looks are so strong and sure. clearly they have a lot of money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then they supposedly have this, well, I shouldn't say supposedly, they have this really rough background history with their family. So oh, really? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, you, I haven't done all that untucked. research. Oh, see, I don't do it's the untucked. Revealed. After a while, sometimes sometimes the untucked, I tend to go to the, the, the pit stop with okay. Bianca Del Rio. Much more funny. Okay, okay. Yeah, and you have mm-hmm. to deal with like the pretend, like the reality TV drama. Uh, sure, right. But anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, so Tanya's take is coming up. It's being released February On 1st. On Wednesday, February 1st, and we really we have a great conversation. It's super fun, and, and it isn't solely for folks who watch Drag Race because we talk about the sort of bigger picture around intersectionality and identity and mm-hmm. oppressive and oppressed ident- all that stuff. So it's a good it's a good conversation. Oh good. I'm Excellent. glad I didn't sound like a dum dum. And you, Patty Vasquez, you've got a show tonight, tonight at, at the, the Lap Factory. Factory. Yes. December 29th. Apparently. December That's 29th awesome. of twenty twenty three. January, yes, tonight at seven o'clock. And uh, I'm excited to have you on the show the last Sunday of the month next month. Hopefully February. fingers crossed. I gotta, I gotta check yeah, we'll, everything. We'll confirm. You will confirm we'll confirm after. that. But that's yes. like the the, the hot, the hot cast. Who's who's on the show tonight? Tonight we have Dwayne Kennedy, KB Marion, Soli Santos, Paul Farvar, and Lindsay Shaw. Fabulous. What a lineup. Yeah. What a lineup. So if you want to go get your hooga on, feel that warm glow of laughter, make sure you head over to Laugh Factory. Do, oh, do you have any like discount codes or anything? <laughs> you must find me on social media and DM me, and I will put your name at the door. All right. So, see, look. The, see we got the inside scoop. Follow Here's me the on Twitter, Patty Basca CHI. There we are. And make sure that you tune in every weekday from 5 to 7 for Driving at Home with Patty Vasquez, um, who's just a freaking superstar. Oh, stop. So you're okay. a superstar. So I know. Great I'm, show. I'm awesome. Oh, we're done. and we're now, done. wow, and Devin's like, you're a superstar. And on that note, <laughs> bye. <laughs> All right. Well, 
clearly I talked about buttholes too much today, so I got the aggressive playoff oh, music. I, I want to I want to thank Georgia Bruce. Make sure you check out Wuthering Heights down in Chicago. Shakespeare, Devin, you are freaking awesome. Wait, Paul, you, you are perfectly acceptable. Oh. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Tanya Richard, thank you so you much so for, for joining today. Patty, thank you for stopping by thank on this snowy, me. snowy day. Uh, and I'm Scott Duff. And until next week, stay proud.